And we're live. Georgie Dinkov, Ray Pete. Ray, how are you? It's been two months. Feels like forever. Catch us up on, uh, on everything that's going on with you. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm good. My voice is pretty much recovered from the laryngitis. And he, I mean, do you think it's just the the, the stress of everything and the, the winter? I mean, I'm in a pretty cold house right now, and it's uh, I, I've had to make a lot of adjustments just because of how how cold it is. I, I think what started it was eating some bacon that was cured with celery juice powder. It's a, a very allergenic material, and I think it gradually built up into a, a generalized allergic reaction that was like a, an intense cold as far as my voice was concerned. And, and you're really somebody, the only, only people I know or person I know talking about how um, really terrible the food supply is and how so many allergens that people think might be benign or not that harmful can, can cause serious symptoms like you're describing. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the market is full of phony uh, uh, good solutions to problems that never existed. The uh, just very intense salt, sodium chloride, is fine for curing pork, making bacon. Uh, you just have to uh, then soak some of the salt out of it to make it ready to eat. But uh, many years ago, they found that a little bit of uh, the sodium or potassium nitrate or nitrate uh, would uh, give it a pink uh, color and suppress bacteria growth. Uh, and so that became the, the rule. But then when uh, someone discovered that it could be carcinogenic in very large amounts, uh, some some crops, uh, I, I forget which the, the worst ones are, but if there's a heavy nitrogen fertilizer, in commercial uh, vegetable crops, uh, the vegetable becomes carcinogenic because of the extreme amount of uh, uh, nitrate and nitrite it contains. So uh, to create an alternative market, uh, uh, someone took the powder, uh, the juice of, of these uh, uh, toxic industrial crops and dehydrated the powder found that the vegetable juice contained enough nitrate and nitrite to produce the pink color that people want in ham and bacon. And so that has become very popular now as supposedly a safe bacon, but it has exactly as much nitrate and nitrite as the bacon and ham made with the pure chemicals, but it also contains the complex extreme allergens that some of these plants have. Celery juice happens to be on the edge of toxic ordinarily, even if you aren't allergic to it. But if you're allergic to it, then it can become extremely harmful. 
Well, the great news is we don't have to worry about the additives they're they're putting in the meat because nobody will be eating meat anymore soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Ray, everybody is just dying to hear your current thoughts. I know, I know we talk about it every single time, but that's like the primary question everybody's always asking me, like, what what is new? What, what is happening? And what is your or maybe we can even back up a little bit. Like, what is what is going on? If, if somebody was clueless as to what was happening, like what is going on right now? I've, in uh, the winter and spring of 2020, uh, I was uh, saying essentially nothing is going on at that time. Nothing unusual was happening in the world health condition. But the only thing that was happening was a gigantic highly organized scheme to convince people, to scare people that some deadly new pathogen was circulating. And I forget which newsletter it was fairly early in 2020. I described the... Uh, my my interpretation uh, of part of the background uh, uh, was that uh, for uh, all through 2019, the germ warfare lab at Fort Detrick kept announcing that it was having spills uh, leaking uh, their uh, designer viruses into the environment, uh, and finally, uh, the uh, uh, the parent agency, uh, I guess it was a uh, Department of Health uh, and uh, whatever, uh, uh, that, that uh, shut down uh, the uh, uh, what had been known for decades as the Germ Warfare Laboratory. Uh, and for them to have all of these uh, uh, little stories put into the press over a period of, of a few months uh, and then uh, to take the step of closing the whole germ warfare laboratory, uh, I took that to uh, be very significant. Uh, ordinarily, they completely covered those up don't have press releases that that viruses might be leaking uh, into the environment uh, around Fort Detrick. Uh, and uh, then that summer, uh, there were cases of novel pneumonia uh, that uh, were blamed on the chemical cigarette substitutes, but they, they resembled in some ways uh, the, the virus that uh, uh, later was known as COVID, uh, and and then the, the uh, military, uh, the annual, uh, I think it's annual military games uh, between nations, uh, uh, was taking place in Wuhan uh, uh, early fall, I think it was. September or October, uh, and the uh, 
athletes, uh, ordinarily the army or military athletes, uh, are uh, made up of people training uh, as Olympic competitors uh, who um, use the military as a way to keep their amateur status. Uh, and this year, 2019, uh, the uh, Americans were ridiculously incompetent athletes. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the historical worst showing of American military athletes since the games have been done. And... Uh, 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 someone who had worked at Fort Detrick uh, interpreted that the same way that I did, that following a string of highly publicized leaks uh, from the U.S. Uh, uh, germ warfare lab, uh, then uh, having the military uh, circulate among uh, the Chinese uh, in the military uh, competitions, and that just happened to be before the supposed leak from Wuhan. So to anyone who knows the history of American germ warfare, that being so open and public about the connections seemed like any sensible potential enemy would have to consider the possibility that the U.S. was actually preparing a release in China of their engineered viruses from Fort Detrick. The, the, uh, the Chinese, I imagine, would have interpreted that about the same way I and many others did, that this was an ambiguous announcement that there could be a germ release in China, but it was so clumsily publicized that uh, the the, uh, the enemy wouldn't want to take a chance that maybe it was going to be a real release. Uh, they should take some precautions, uh, assuming that it's more than a, a propaganda scare. Uh, so that would account for uh, China being ready, having months of announcements. Uh, ambiguously making them uh, think there could be a release. So, so they were high, highly organized in the way they responded, uh, but their response was extreme, uh, more than anything they had ever done. Uh, so, uh, uh, although it, it uh, on the surface looked probably like it was a, 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 a test an activation to see what China would do. And maybe if if China was extreme in their lockdown, 
then China would be something to copy uh, uh, around uh, the world. Uh, and uh, I think it was uh, within a few weeks of the uh, Wuhan military games uh, that uh, there, there was a worldwide uh, meeting uh, in New York sponsored uh, by the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, Johns Hopkins University, uh, and uh, many other world uh, uh, powers, uh, philanthropists, and so on. Uh, and in that meeting, uh, they uh, worked out a model of how governments should respond respond to the release uh, of something like a COVID virus uh, uh, coming in uh, from, in this case, they uh, suggested that South America uh, pigs had spread it uh, through Africa to the United States. Uh, uh, but it was a, a detailed program to reorganize uh, the world uh, uh, and uh, the Rockefeller Foundation uh, had, uh, I think, the earliest explicit uh, outline of the things that would have to be done in such a case. Uh, and one of the articles was on lockstep, but uh, basically all three of their scenarios uh, showed that the only uh, uh, prevention uh, 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 of the world catastrophe that they had uh, imagined in, in this uh, event 201, uh, the, the New York meeting, that the only, uh, all three of their uh, proposals in, involved destroying the old economy to be replaced uh, by an artificial intelligence uh, economy. Uh, and uh, that uh, was uh, expressed by uh, uh, Eric Schmidt, formerly of uh, uh, Google uh, uh, and related uh, corporations, but uh, at the time uh, working for an artificial intelligence uh, anticipation committee uh, of the Pentagon, uh, and early in 2019, he gave this talk, uh, basically same thing that the only way uh, to save the world economy was to, to destroy uh, all of the existing or legacy economies uh, and uh, to, to prepare uh, for basically the uh, uh, monopoly, uh, giant corporations uh, to take over the world economy, uh, to save it uh, as the old economy was being destroyed. So the same thing as so, the Vietnamese village, the the captain who had to destroy it to save it from the Viet Cong. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, this was uh, being delivered from all directions, uh, universities, uh, uh, the the Pentagon. Uh, all of the big foundations had exactly the same story, uh, and it was all coming out uh, 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 in, in the five years before the 
actual uh, uh, event, which was no event at all. Uh, but uh, the the preparations uh, were, were becoming explicit. Uh, uh, five years, uh, uh, no, t- uh, ten years actually. The Rockefeller Foundation scenarios uh, were in twenty eleven, I think it was. Go ahead. Uh, oh, no, I thought uh, Ray was going to say, say something. Were you going to say something? <laughs> uh, I was going to say that, I mean, at this point, at least in the United States, seems like the narrative is, is done. Uh, I mean, they may try to push the mandates, but currently they're on hold. So everybody around me, even in D.C., which is probably the uh, the city that was you know, most behind the mandates and they were for the lockdowns and everything else and the vaccines. And now nobody's even wearing masks anymore on the street. So w- where do you think this is going? Um, I, 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 luckily, we're not going there as fast as as all of the uh, ruling class had hoped. Uh, the the uh, Klaus uh, Schwab, the, the founder and president of the uh, World Economic uh, Forum, uh, 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 at the very beginning of the pandemic, he said, uh, we uh, were uh, have, having a lot of success uh, changing the world uh, through the fear of global warming. But he said that was uh, promising to take uh, uh, at least uh, oh, another five or ten years to uh, replace the old economy because it had to go through uh, legislatures, uh, but he said, uh, now this health uh, crisis gives us the great opportunity to move directly into the reset using uh, the authoritarian powers of government health boards uh, so that you don't have to convince the public uh, to elect representatives uh, who will shut down the economy uh, to, to uh, prevent so-called global warming. Uh, he, he said, now we can do it in just a year or two uh, because of the direct uh, uh, controlling power of the, uh, of the health uh, uh, agencies. Well, what is that new artificial intelligence economy that uh, Schmidt was babbling about? I mean, I know what he said, but I work in that industry, continue to work in industry, and the whole premise of AI that they're, at least their vision for it, uh, taking over and replacing these workers, it's nowhere near what is being advertised. Uh, I mean, at best, it can do maybe 10% of what's been promised. Uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're still hoping that it will quickly come along. Uh, the, according to their plans, uh, but you can see within weeks, uh, uh, Amazon, for example, uh, was uh, making billions, billions of dollars more than previously, just because if you close down local businesses all over the country, uh, then people have to shop 
online. And in Eric Schmidt's talk early in 2019, he said shopping online is valid recreation. You'll love it. But before it had happened, he was saying aesthetically it's it's wonderful and uh, you'll enjoy the new world. While Klaus Schwab was, it sort of backfired, but for a while their slogan at World Economic Forum was, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Yeah, except them, right? <laughs> they will own their jets and fly around, but, but not us. Uh, yeah, yeah, they didn't say who was going to own everything if you aren't. <laughs> okay, well, well, one of their giant uh, plans, you know, was worked to some degree, you know, because so many people are vaccinated now. So how does how does what you just said tie into everybody getting vaccinated? Uh, well, well, the, the uh, uh, layers and layers of uh, since the vaccine doesn't work at all as a vaccine and reduces antibodies for maybe six months, then you you have to get new new injections. First, it was you need a third injection, but since that lasts only six months. Uh, you, you need a fourth and then a fifth. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, the the taxpayers are paying uh, many, many uh, billions of dollars to the uh, people who are selling these toxic injections, and uh, the, so far uh, the. the since the law was passed in 1986, uh, that uh, the providers of vaccines can't be held uh, liable for, for anything that happens to the vaccinated person. Uh, they they are happy to uh, keep receiving uh, tens of billion dollars uh, from from the government uh, uh, to keep producing their their vaccines. Uh, and that will go on. Uh, uh, it will become an annual or even more often than annual uh, affair to uh, update your uh, vaccine. So we're moving towards a model of mandated consumption of, of services and products, basically? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's the same idea that uh, they've been doing for years in uh, in regard to uh, transportation, uh, you, you uh, are legally required to insure yourself uh, uh, if you uh, have a car licensed. Uh, and with, with the insurance, uh, health insurance, uh, the Obama Act uh, mandated that everyone had to uh, buy insurance or else pay a fine to the government. Uh, so it was a, a, a very small version. Uh, the government 
supporting an industry by simply requiring everyone to buy car and health insurance. Do you think if the mandate for the vaccination fails, they may turn around and say, you know what? We couldn't make it mandatory, but here's the thing. If you don't vaccinate, we'll cancel your health insurance. We'll force your employer to cancel your health insurance. I, I didn't hear. I mean, I, I said because uh, Biden's mandate is now at least temporarily suspended. Uh, two courts have ruled uh, that basically there's there are grave constitutional concerns. There are multiple practical concerns, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and if, let's say this mandate through OSHA uh, fails. Do you think another option for the for the administ- for the government would be um, okay if we can force the companies to vaccinate people? Well, basically, because now there is the Obamacare Act, uh, and the government sta- is kind of sta- standing behind the whole insurance business. They will basically tell everybody who is not vaccinated, you can no longer. It will cancel your insurance plan. Uh, uh, yeah, things like that. Uh, so. Uh, I, I think moving quickly towards more and more direct control, digital currency is one of their goals, so that there's no business going on without the authorization of the banks and the government. Ray, what kind of emails are you getting from people being injured by the vaccine? Oh, that that's now probably uh, 10 to 1 uh, more, more often than uh, what can we do uh, to protect against a viral infection. Uh, what, what to do after you've been poisoned by the vaccine uh, and listing uh, the kind of symptoms you're experiencing. And those symptoms just being the result of the activation of the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system, do you think? Uh, uh, yeah, sometimes uh, directly following the vaccine, uh, other times uh, things such as uh, bleeding uh, episodes, uh, uh, sudden uh, series of nosebleeds or, or uh, uh, dysmenorrhea in, in women, uh, 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 babies even uh, starting to have vaginal bleeding, uh, uh, just uh, that is uh, apparently are being produced by the shedding uh, of the vaccine uh, material, uh, put, putting the spike protein into uh, unvaccinated people uh, uh, from the vaccinated people. How how big of a concern do you think that is? I mean, is that would that is effectively uh, make Staying unvaccinated almost pointless because if everybody around you is, then 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 they'll shed it on, on top of you too. Uh, the, the worst shedding uh, fades out uh, after the first few weeks, uh, and uh, so hopefully uh, that uh, uh, amplification through uh, shedding uh, shouldn't shouldn't get out of control. Uh, but uh, it's enough uh, to, to uh, make a person want to avoid uh, crowds uh, uh, for for a long time. So basically, since they're now planning for this to be a booster every six months, maybe every six months the unvaxxed should self-quarantine? 
No, I think we should get together and insist on quarantining the vaccinated people <laughs> for at least a month. <laughs> yeah, let, let's see how this happens. I would love for this to happen, but <laughs> I, I don't see it happening. Ray, what if your significant other was vaccinated? Like, you, huh. <laughs> would that? Would you think the companionship and love would be worth the uh, inhaling the spike protein? I I think I would keep my distance for a, a few weeks. And then, do you suspect they might have a placebo? Like, this is a big, gigantic experiment, you know? And, and do you think not everybody is getting the same vaccine? Uh, no, no, I think uh, uh, the uh, more, more or less insiders, you don't want to have uh, famous people uh, uh, disappearing, uh, dying, or having a stroke uh, after getting vaccinated. And so uh, I think they uh, uh, are uh, very selective in avoiding uh, giving anything but uh, a pure water injection uh, to uh, the great majority of, uh, of the prominent public figures. Those unlucky wasn't, wasn't there players. some kind of a ruling, uh, like a I don't know if it was a presidential order, but something about presidents of the United States are never to receive medical procedures live on air in front of the entire public, just because of no matter how minute the chances, if the president croaks or gets a, like an anaphylactic reaction or whatnot, that would have devastating consequences. And it could trigger a collapse, right? So I would I would take it with a big grain of salt if a president of the United States is taking the vaccine live on TV. Would you would you say that's a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, not just the president, but uh, uh, probably uh, something like eighty or ninety percent of uh, people who are uh, very, very public. And it feels like at the beginning of the year, we're talking about like, should uh, pregnant women get vaccinated? And now it's five to what, 10 year olds or whatever. And then Fauci just said babies and newborns should get it. Like, <laughs> did I just make this up? Does it take 30 to 50 years to fig figure out like the side effects of any given drug or vaccine? Uh, yeah, at least 50 years because it can be transgenerational. Uh, uh, cancers take uh, 20 to 40 years generally to develop, uh, but uh, the, the uh, like the uh, DES uh, babies uh, of the 1950s, uh, their children three and three and four generations uh, after the DES exposure uh, are still developing that uh, range of uh, unique cancers. Uh, reproductive system cancers. And do you have any theories on how they'll cover up kids getting myocarditis and dying after being vaccinated? Uh, oh, by not investigating them at all. Uh, 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 people like Fauci just say uh, the vaccine is perfectly safe. Nothing's happened. Uh, they, they don't do autopsies. Uh, they they uh, don't uh, do uh, uh, official investigations uh, to, to uh, while, while the VAERS uh, uh, report uh, of harmful effects from vaccinations, while those reports 
which are even more time-consuming to to do so that most doctors don't want to waste hours filling out the reports. Even as difficult as it is to file a vaccine injury report, the graph showing all of the deaths from uh, the the, the, uh, the major vaccines going back uh, ten years or more uh, are minimal compared to uh, the last two years uh, since the vaccine. Uh, the uh, it's at least a hundredfold increase in these reports, but they are not happening according to the government because uh, no one is investigating. And doing the statistics on them, a few individuals, a businessman named Kirsch has a good video showing you how to go into the Vayers system and look at their data. And the graph he prepared is ridiculous. It's a a flat line in preceding 10 or more years, suddenly the line zooms up very vertically. So it's 100 times as much per year or more than 100 times. So what do you think is next in store for the, let's say, just for the U.S.? Because, again, I mean, what I'm seeing around me, and I don't even mention more Republican states, um, I don't think the COVID narrative works anymore. So, so something must replace it uh, because people are not afraid of it anymore enough for them to accept further encroachment of, uh, you know, of their so-called rights, whatever it remains of them. I, I, yeah, I, I think they're uh, working on many alternatives. Uh, they're talking about the uh, things that could have under to, to the economy uh, apart from a, a, a pandemic but a, a lot of ideas are waiting that uh, could could be sprung on us anytime I, I, do you think a possibility will be I mean they'll basically crash the economy literally the stock market and everything else and they'll say hey look it's it was because of the virus but now the damage is so severe no amount of bailouts will help so we'll just have to you ju- you'll just have to accept this new model that we have, or we're all toast. They'll just basically tell you the direct story, but the the the, the excuse will be different. Uh, I, yeah, the, the, they, uh, that, that's their business making up uh, uh, scenarios through which they can take take over absolute power. Speaking of scenarios, the event 201 that you mentioned, I didn't know that Avril Haines was there and she was like the director of the CIA. <laughs> That's it's pretty deputy. And that was in, uh, I know, Ray, I know you mentioned him very frequently, but Robert Kennedy's, I think his new book, he mentioned that. Uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've read about a quarter of the book. It's a very, very fat book with extremely small type, so it's slow reading. But, but he uh, does a good job of tying together uh, uh, all of the uh, things that are behind 
the virus conspiracy. Uh, it uh, uh, goes goes very deep uh, in, into the military uh, as well as uh, e- economic and education. How is how is his book still being sold on Amazon? That seemed a little bit odd that they wouldn't just immediately take it off. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that uh, enough people are are buying the book uh, to uh, eventually even get it under the New York Times best selling list. Is there any part so, of? Go ahead, Georgie. So, so let's say enough people are already aware of what's going on. Let's say at least half the country knows, right? I mean, we we'll see what happens in Europe. I mean, I think the people there also know, uh, and now they're starting to riot, and then the police is starting to use live bullets, you know, on people like in Netherlands, and potentially now in Austria and in Germany. So, I mean, do you think that's basically the only way out? I mean, people will rise up, and um, we'll have to accept that not all of us will make it, but basically it's at a breaking point and going through courts, political systems, etc. It's really pointless, it seems. Uh, yeah, that's been the situation with any fundamental change. The establishment will always come up with something that looks like a change, but isn't at all. Uh, to distract uh, the, the voting public uh, from uh, putting about uh, putting real change into effect, uh, the uh, antitrust acts early in the century uh, were uh, given so much publicity. Uh, people. Uh, many people in the public believed that the government was on their side uh, and was uh, uh, fixing the uh, damage done to the public uh, by the uh, monopoly uh, uh, organizations. So uh, when they broke them up, uh, that calmed the population for decades. Uh, But it turned out that uh, they didn't reduce the profits made by the monopolists uh, and didn't uh, decrease uh, the uh, ripoffs uh, paid by the consumers. Uh, so the antitrust uh, acts were show. Wasn't that true with Standard Oil as well? Uh, same, same, yeah, uh, the same people owned it, but they just had different companies. Completely off topic, but Ray, have you ever seen uh, Everything a Rich Man's Trick, the documentary? Uh, what was the name? It's Everything a Rich Man's Trick. Uh, is what a rich man's trick? <laughs> Everything. The, the, the documentary is called... Oh. E- Go ahead. Uh, yeah, basically that was what I was saying. I... I- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Ray. Uh, the, the, the government is uh, uh, run by the ruling class uh, ultra-rich. Uh, and uh, so uh, instead of uh, doing anything to harm the ruling class, periodically uh, the, the government is used to put on a show that, that they're going to knock down the ruling class. 
but uh, that's that's exactly a, a scheme of the ruling class uh, to preserve its position. Uh, Roosevelt said his economic reforms were the only thing that would save his class. I'm t- totally blanking on the family's name, but it was like a Russian family. And it, there were people that overthrew this family in Russia and they took them into like at late at night and they took them into a room and they basically killed the whole family. And that was like a message to these ruling class families. They're like, well, we should subdue the the population because we never want this to happen to us. Uh, and does any of that ring any, any bell at all? It, it was like some famous thing that sent a message to various ruling classes in different places. Uh, yeah, uh, Paul Pot, for example, uh, his uh, idea of the ruling class uh, went uh, far beyond reality, and he he was ready to kill everyone. <laughs> Apparently, it was Tsar Nicholas. Is that did that ring any bells? Or were the Romanovs? <laughs> but that's what the revolutionaries did, right? They rounded up the, the the Tsar family and killed them all, except the the youngest son. Yeah, like this this movie starts off with that killing being this big uh, point in uh, time. Anyways, uh, okay, Ray, with your newsletter, is there anything we didn't touch on that you think is critical? Because I think I think we just talked about basically what your last newsletter was about. Uh, which newsletter? The what was it called? Immuno- immunology, ideology, and power. Uh, oh, uh, uh, pretty much that's what we've been talking about. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the power of creating a phony uh, concept of of uh, immunity. Uh, had we talked about uh, the the role the antibody theory of immunity uh, has played? and creating big pharma. Touch on that, because I know you mentioned in the newsletter. Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, German chemical industry supported uh, uh, Paul Ehrlich's uh, experiments uh, using dyes, uh, first uh, heavy metals, uh, arsenic, mercury, and bismuth, uh, to kill uh, uh, pathogens, but, but uh, he when he showed that dyes uh, had uh, some of the uh, specialized toxic properties uh, of the heavy metal poisons, uh, he he used that uh, a mere harmless dye uh, supposedly uh, would uh, have these specific staining properties. Uh, you could see under the microscope that uh, the pathogen uh, would uh, change color uh, under the dye uh, and, and the host tissue uh, wouldn't be stained or, or killed. Uh, and so uh, he, he used the chemical dye industry uh, and his argument of specificity, uh, the uh, uh, magic bullet doctrine that a chemical a drug medication should have the ability of the magic bullet 
to seek out, uh, attach itself to the pathogen and not harm uh, the host's healthy tissue. Uh, it uh, uh, became very uh, dominant in the cancer industry, but uh, it, it uh, spread, it really created big pharma uh, when the dye industry uh, took over uh, with, with uh, derivatives of dyes uh, following the staining specificity idea of uh, Paul Ehrlich. Uh, and the, uh, for them, the perfect definition of a magic bullet uh, was our antibodies, which uh, had a fairly good ability to stick only to uh, certain things, uh, uh, hopefully uh, external pathogens, uh, and to inactivate them. Uh, but, but this was uh, blended uh, with the pharmaceutical ideal that every disease has its chemical treatment uh, of a, an absolute specificity uh, uh, supported uh, uh, the reality of it was that uh, uh, yes, you can create uh, specific uh, antibodies uh, that are uh, uh, very protective and, and specific against uh, uh, the, the specific antigen that evoked the antibody. But uh, it was a general idea of uh, uh, individualized specific uh, uh, attack uh, uh, against the pathogen, ignoring the healthy tissues. Uh, and uh, the fact that he shared the 1908 Nobel Prize with Metchnikoff, uh, Ehrlich used the opportunity of giving a lecture, Nobel lecture, uh, to sell the idea uh, of uh, uh, drug specificity, uh, uh, the essential uh, basis for supporting uh, a huge drug industry. Uh, and in Metchnikoff's talk, the only chemical uh, treatment he, he mentioned uh, that he knew of uh, that r really helped uh, 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 control or cure disease uh, was quinine. Uh, and uh, uh, quinine is a natural substance. Uh, it, it happened to have a broad spectrum of uh, benefit, uh, acting somewhat as a, a tonic uh, to the host, uh, as well as uh, an inhibiting action on a variety of organisms. But uh, uh, the Metchnikoff uh, uh, Nobel lecture didn't form the basis for creating any kind of industry. And so everyone just forgot about the facts that he described uh, from uh, the things involved in making phagocytosis possible all the way uh, uh, to the other end uh, of uh, 
the, the involvement of antibodies. But since there was no industry yet able to deal with the extreme complexity of the actual immune system, the actual immune system was dropped out of science after the, the Nobel uh, 1908 lectures. Uh, and by, by 1920 and 1930, uh, vaccination uh, and the development of antibodies uh, be, became uh, a staple of, of medicine. Uh, and it was uh, analogous to all the rest of medicine uh, provided by the uh, growing pharmaceutical industry. Uh, everything having to have, have a, a unique one chemical, one disease treatment uh, so that, uh, in effect, uh, as you could identify something as a sickness, it increased the market constantly for drugs that were specific for, for that sickness, rather than something like quinine with an extremely broad spectrum of effectiveness. They were creating thousands of specific drugs, most of which turned out to be more toxic than beneficial. There was a British writer, I'm blanking on his name, who basically wrote once that the British Empire conquered the tropical nations, not because of its military acumen or its power or, or even money, but because of its incredibly healthy tonic water, which was made with a lot more quinine <laughs> than the one nowadays. I, I, yeah, I think the, uh, the strongest of the uh, tonic waters available have only uh, 70 or 80 milligrams per liter. Just to wrap up this thought, what, the quinine is an electron withdrawing agent helping to stabilize the flow of electrons? I, I think that's a, a, a basic part of it. There's a, it turns out that almost anything bitter tasting has an activating effect on our innate immune system. Do you have any hypotheses like why that is? Uh, I didn't hear that. Do you have any uh, theories on why that is? Oh, oh uh, uh, I, I think it's the organism's recognition of uh, chemical generality in the world. Uh, and we develop tastes uh, that uh, usually cause us uh, to uh, eat uh, uh, high carbohydrate foods, for example, uh, 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 depending on our needs, our appetites change. But uh, I, I think when uh, uh, sickness is developing, uh, the tastes change, uh, and uh, uh, people start uh, getting more interested in uh, bitters. Uh, digestive bitters, for example, are, are a very old uh, uh, general uh, treatment for everything. In the uh, uh, Eastern European folk, folk medicine, uh, bitter 
compounds are used for uh, for infectious disease and for as uh, anabolic agents. Before the uh, the athletes had access to isolated steroids, some of the earliest uh, weightlifting athletes in Eastern Europe and Russia were using local herbs like uh, Tribulus terrestris, which is extremely bitter uh, in taste, and they, they didn't even know what it contained. But it was uh, they 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 uh, there's some articles, older older articles that are seen in written in Russian that say that the bitter tasting herbs tend to have uh, anabolic effect. Do you think there's some truth to that? I, I, yeah, they, I haven't seen that, that older uh, stuff, but uh, uh, there's a lot going on now with the, the meaning, biological meaning of the uh, re- receptors for bitter tasting substances. So they, they tend to stimulate some sort of a um, detox system in the uh, body, yeah. it seems? Yeah, yeah, yeah apparently. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. So let me just do a quick advertisement here. Uh, the newsletter is available by email now. It's $28, which can be paid through PayPal at raypeatsnewsletter at gmail.com. And then they can also purchase your books there in digital and then physical copies as well, right? Uh, yeah, as long as there are uh, physical copies. W- which ones are not available right now? I, I, I don't remember. So email Catherine to, to figure it out. And then uh, also email Catherine to, at kenogen at gmail.com. Each bottle of Progesty is 3,400 milligrams of progesterone. And, uh, you know, I'm interested in these substances having a, a quick positive effect, but I'm also interested in them having like a person needing to trial and error different aspects of them. So, right, if somebody responds negatively to progesterone, what like they have breast pain with it or something, what what things what things come to mind as a possibility for that happening? A, a very low high, uh, thyroid functioning people uh, are, are the ones who uh, have that kind of reaction. Uh, it, uh, if your thyroid is pretty low, uh, it, even at one teaspoonful uh, of uh, the... the uh, vitamin E solution, uh, a teaspoonful of it isn't enough to achieve a, a progesterone effect. In, uh, so go ahead. Uh, the first thing is, is to make sure your temperature and heart rate are, are in a good range because of having adequate uh, calcium, vitamin D, and thyroid. Uh, then, then you're sensitive to smaller amounts of progesterone. And the progesterone is kicking the estrogen out of the cells and it's deactivated, but it can be reactivated if it passes through an inflamed tissue. Is that right? Um, Yeah, all of those uh, uh, circulating things uh, are picked up uh, in proportion uh, to to the inflammation. Uh, uh, For example, uh, one of the early uh, detoxifying systems uh, uh, involves the liver's attachment of glucuronic acid uh, uh, to the, uh, uh, the substance to, to be excreted. Uh, but uh, the, uh, it turns out that if, if you stress a tissue, uh, I, I tried many different kinds of, of stresses, uh, uh, low 
temperature, uh, uh, hypoosmolality, uh, uh, various kinds of irritants and so on. Uh, everything I, I could come up with that stressed the tissue caused a tremendous increase in the enzyme that removes glucuronic acid from the substance. So your liver can be working very efficiently to detoxify it. Uh, but if something is uh, locally uh, irritated and inflamed, the blood passing through there uh, will uh, be sub subject to uh, modification by the glucuronidase uh, enzymes. Very interesting. Georgie, do you have any other questions before I move on to Q&A? And sulfatase as well. Like basically if this estrogen has been turned into estrogen sulfate, um, now it has been, they've been showing that estrogen sulfate is the primary estrogen in menopausal women, even though all the others are low. Um, and for a while they thought that this is just, you know, a, a, a metabolic waste byproduct of estrogen that's quick, that is being quickly excreted. But it turns out that it's not. And it's just like DHEA sulfate, estrogen sulfate is, is like a long-term storage form of estrogen that circulates and gets converted into estradiol um, in any tissue that is stressed or inflamed or, you know, de-energized. <laughs> okay, <laughs> here's the first question. Who is the healthiest person Ray has ever known and what does he think made them that way? <laughs> I've known lots of healthy old people who were hardly aware that they they had had a stomach or digestive organs. They just ate what was available. So a lot of it is the momentum that you inherit. Ooh. And there, there are fewer people like them now than there were fifty or sixty years ago. When before COVID, when you'd go to the grocery store and stuff, would you notice the millennial and Gen X and Zoomer how, how poor the health was of everybody? Oh, oh yeah, uh, just uh, walking around town, uh, you can see hormonal uh, defects seem to be the rule rather than the exception. Great stuff. Thank you for that. Okay. Does Ray have any thoughts on people's names influencing their behavior and personality? Uh, E.g. Raymond comes from Frankish Ragenmund, meaning council protection. And Pete is a moss that was once an important fuel. So Ray's name more or less means protection of fuel. Uh, uh, yeah, over the years, I've uh, noticed probably more than a hundred uh, famous researchers whose name uh, obviously connected, like Bird Whistle, the nonverbal communication researcher, or uh, Doctor. Uh, drips the menopause specialist. <laughs> uh, uh, 
bacon salad the nutritionist. <laughs> Do you think this is synchronicity or, or the, there's some other influence going on here? Uh, no, no, I think it uh, uh, puts it in their mind, uh, arouses their interest uh, uh, eventually. They got teased as a child saying like, hey, are you going to be a doctor? And then, you know, kind of stuck with them. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. Okay, here's one from James. He says, is having a good sense of humor uh, as a sign that a person has a healthy metabolism? And are there health benefits to a sense of humor in humans and per per perhaps some other animals? Uh, uh, well, uh, everything except the cultural influences are very similar uh, between humans and mammals in general. Do, well, do you think a sense of humor comes from having a good metabolism? Like what, how, I mean, you're, you're very playful, right? You're, I think you're hilarious. Like what does that stem from your metabolism or your, the culture that you were brought up in or what? I, I think a little bit of, of either, uh, the, the, with animals, uh, you can see that the, uh, simply the amount of well-being and energy uh, drives uh, the playing instinct. Uh, uh, cats, uh, uh, dogs, uh, sheep, uh, simply with sheep, uh, take a break from being uh, normal and, and passive and uh, just spend the afternoon dancing and Frolicking and being silly. <laughs> Especially the lambs. Have you seen how they throw their legs in the air? I, I didn't hear that. No, I said, especially their la the lambs. Have you seen how uh -oh. they throw their legs in the air out, out of pure joy? Uh, I, I, yeah, sometimes adults do that too. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're pretending they're uh, uh, antelope. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Okay, Ryan says, does Ray have any thoughts on about handedness and its effects on personality and health? I'm reading that left-handed people have a higher incidence of chronic disease, autism, intelligence, etc. What is the nature of handedness? I, I, I think the uh, high-energy metabolism uh, is uh, pretty much the whole thing. Uh, uh, as long as you have... Uh, uh, some fingers to work with. Uh, I, I imagine uh, cats uh, often uh, envy a person for having uh, such good fingers. Uh, they can see that the person can do something because of their anatomy uh, that they would like to do. Uh, but uh, uh, apart from our uh, physical shape limitations, I think the whole thing is is the uh, vitality that supports a, a big hot brain uh, and the, uh, uh, the the excess uh, uh, knowledge that uh, goes far beyond necessity and that leaves this huge area. Uh, for uh, playful exploration. 
if I heard you right, there's no like um, if a person was functioning at an extremely high level, would they be ambidextrous? I, I didn't hear that. If a person like not on this planet right now, like had a really high rate of metabolism, would they be ambidextrous and handedness wouldn't really be a thing? Uh, oh, uh, to a great extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, Russian experimenters uh, found that handedness became extreme uh, when uh, neurosis was developed uh, along with uh, energy metabolism uh, failing. Uh, that uh, the uh, healthiest in the sense of a big brain uh, females in particular who have bigger brains in proportion to their body than males uh, these excess brain conditions are where humanness primarily exists Great stuff. Okay. Uh, this one is, what does Ray do to maintain a sense of novelty and wonder in his daily life? Uh, looking for it. Looking for novelty is probably the best way to find it. And you do that by reading or watching nature or what? Always possible. Except watching TV, right? <laughs> yeah, our, our TV burned out many years ago, right after the last of the so-called liberal programs. The, the, the guy who was Johnson's press secretary or assistant uh, he he was the uh, last token progressive or liberal uh, on NPR, and the night they canceled his program, our TV burned out. Uh, so uh, no, no, we just haven't thought of TV since. Uh, speaking of liberal, I uh, caught up with some of my family in Thanksgiving over the phone. And my the strong liberals in my family, they hadn't even considered like that the vaccine would be deleterious to lower socioeconomic types like that. That wasn't even on their radar, <laughs> like the va- vaccine passport would exclude uh, blacks that they apparently care like so much about. But they didn't ever intertwine uh, the vaccine, the vaccine passport with what it would do to them. Uh-huh. Yeah, there are all levels of awareness about vaccines. Usually, the believers that people should be vaccinated are the ones who know absolutely nothing about immunity or innate immunity. Even the descending virologists, uh, I've been listening to a lot of them, uh, uh, 
they, they have the best knowledge being discussed, but, but they're really heavily indoctrinated by the, the vaccine culture and the antibody culture. But in another way, like BLM could be a, a, a great movement if they were actually against vaccination and, and activated. You, you know what I mean? So the um, like the liberal people I know, they're very pro BLM, but they what, what I meant is like if if BLM protested against vaccines, they could actually be useful. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, the, the, uh, the, the motivation of the group uh, seems to be very mixed. Uh, a lot of uh, unprogressive, undemocratic people have kind of infiltrated the group. Um. Okay, next uh, one. How do you how do you get your news, Ray? I mean, presumably mostly online. If the TV burned down, you know, I'm guessing the radio followed <laughs> through similar footsteps, and now what? Only computer or or word of mouth? Occasional rumors and books and and things that the situation with newspapers. Uh, used to be that uh, if you looked for the contrary uh, of what the uh, current uh, government position was, uh, that would be where the truth was. Uh, so you would uh, look for the opposite, uh, and uh, pretty much that's the situation uh, with uh, especially uh, uh, Google, for example. The, uh, the Google system has been arranged to make it almost impossible to use ordinary search techniques to find anything useful. There was a Hollywood movie back in, I think it was 2012, I'm blanking on its name right now, but uh, a Nazi uh, officer was interrogating a, a young Jewish girl uh, uh, that he didn't know it was Jewish, and he was asking where all the Jews are, and she said... Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, yeah, was Inglorious Bastards? Oh, yeah, he was interviewing the father, a French guy who was hiding the Jews in the basement, um, and uh, the, the, the Nazi said, so uh, tell me, you know, uh, uh, you know, where are all the Jews? And the guy said, well, all I have is rumors, I don't have any facts. And the Nazi said, oh, I don't care about facts, they can be easily manufactured, but rumors can actually be quite revealing. So he seems to be agreeing with what you said that you can kind of uh, gauge the, the 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 attitude and uh, the direction of events just by listening to the rumors that the population is spreading around. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you still have to interpret the the, uh, the the meaning who 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 is spreading the rumor. Great stuff. We'll let you go really soon here, Ray. Um, just a few more questions. And okay, so this one's from Jan. They say Ray once said incidents of neurotic fatigue, anxiety, and depression increased along with IQ. Is it only related to energy and nutrient requirements, or is there more to it? E.g., culture, social subordination, isolation. 
Uh, I, yeah, the uh, the culture has what it will accept uh, as uh, uh, the, the uh, level of general intelligence and the behavior that uh, follows. Uh, so the the, the uh, going back decades, studies have uh, found that the uh, IQ of uh, big organizations, the, the top IQ uh, tends to be uh, in the 120s. Uh, and uh, uh, my, my favorite study was at Oregon State University. Uh, in, in the psychology department, uh, this person looked at the uh, aptitude scores uh, they use the uh, graduate, uh, uh, no, no, the Miller uh, analogies test, uh, uh, which uh, at that time was given to uh, all, all entering graduate students. Uh, and uh, the median raw score out of 100 uh, for graduate students uh, was usually in the 140. Uh, usually in the 40%, uh, uh, 55 uh, to 60% uh, errors. Uh, that, that was the uh, average uh, uh, graduate student score, uh, except at Harvard it was uh, uh, more like uh, 60 uh, out of 100, right? Uh, uh, state universities uh, uh, more like 40 uh, out of 100. Uh, and uh, this researcher uh, then looked at their academic record uh, compiled over the years after uh, being admitted and saw that the median uh, score on the Miller analogies test was the peak academic success, uh, the, the straight A's uh, uh, successful uh, uh, academic career and uh, receiving a degree. Uh, but exactly as the scores deviated upward uh, from the mean uh, or downward in proportion to the distance from the mean, uh, the uh, uh, success academically uh, declined. Uh, so uh, people scoring in the uh, 80s, uh, for example, uh, were less likely uh, to succeed than uh, uh, maybe someone uh, with 100 or, or with a, a 40 uh, score out of 100. So, in other words, the the very smart and very dumb are unlikely to to succeed in life. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there there are lots of variations on that, but uh, it, it does seem to explain life the, uh, uh, the the original IQ guy at Stanford. Uh, I, I forget. His name, but uh, he was did one of the studies showing that uh, the 
in the 130s had a, a very good uh, a- academic careers for, for the rest of their lives. Uh, those with 170 or 180 IQ uh, were the ones uh, constantly uh, uh, under pressure and uh, sensing that they didn't belong. Just uh, two more here. Okay, so as a person, a uh, person's health improves. Do they become more sensitive to stressors such as toxic smells, EMS, or bad food? Bad, or since they are healthier, should those stressors not affect them as much? Uh, one big difference is uh, between men and women. Uh, uh, the, the protective defense. Uh, 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 against uh, uh, t- toxins that would affect babies, for example. Uh, w- women uh, are many times uh, uh, more sensitive than men. Uh, and it happens that estrogen is the sensitizer there. So that uh, with the high estrogen of, of pregnancy, uh, their sense of smell uh, and uh, not nausea and repugnance increases. If 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 you do all these things, you know you eat well for a period of years, and you take thyroid and aspirin and progesterone, etc. If your brain got physically bigger and you were not providing it with everything that it needed, would you? notice more deviations over time? You might notice little uh, nuances about your body that somebody running at a way lower rate would note, wouldn't notice? Uh, I, yeah, and there's been a heavy bias. You know, the idea that the brain stops growing at the age of... When I was in graduate school, it was 11 months <laughs> from conception. Uh, that the, the brain absolutely stopped growing, uh, and uh, it uh, uh, simply uh, underwent some maturing changes, like uh, increased uh, uh, white white matter in proportion to gray. Uh, the the uh, uh, people who have bothered to check. Uh, population uh, over the years uh, uh, doing uh, detailed studies every 10 years. Uh, uh, one study uh, went on for 60 years uh, uh, and uh, ended up when uh, there were uh, uh, technologies making it possible to uh, identify the amount of uh, DNA uh, per per brain and so on, uh, that found uh, that uh, in almost everyone, uh, the brain substance was enlarging steadily with aging. Uh, and uh, the skull shape uh, changes uh, predictably with, with aging. Uh, apparently growing a, a slightly bigger capacity of the cranium. Thanks for that. And Ray, absolute last question. Um, I get emails from people every day saying, Mexico, Mexico, what about Mexico? Is it safe, et cetera? And so I know we've 
talked about it multiple times, but can you maybe reiterate your opinion on Mexico and it being possibly semi-immune from all the things that are happening? Uh, yeah, I was just reading about AMLO's uh, uh, challenge to his judicial system. Uh, a judge had ordered that the vaccine be made available to children a few weeks ago and set a, I think, a five-day deadline. And he definitely opposed that. And there is still conflict going on in the government, but it looks like he's getting away with saying that the vaccine is too dangerous for children, but it's now available to children over 12 who have a chronic disease and are arguing that they need extra protection. But for the general population, he's not letting it become available. So I think that he personally is constantly judging how much he can get away with. And a lot of that depends on the foundations and the giant corporations and the U.S. government. If they become more focused in opposing him, he won't be able to keep doing it. But he so far has been knowing how to compromise well enough so that even Trump didn't threaten to invade. And if AMLO was killed tomorrow, you, you said something maybe on the call a few months ago that like Mexico would retain its spirit. Like, can maybe elaborate on that a little bit? Um, uh, yeah, the, the people who elected him, uh, there are uh, really uh, a majority of Mexicans who are, are very progressive and who are conscious uh, that the reason they haven't been able to go ahead uh, is that the U.S. has intervened uh, uh, over, over and over, uh, in, including the murder of uh, President uh, Madero uh, and uh, probably other uh, candidates and presidents uh, uh, like Colosio. Uh, uh, the U.S. is probably behind uh, uh, the direct intervention uh, short of, of a military invasion. Uh, and so the, uh, a big part of the population knows that they can't get away with fixing the, econ the economy uh, quickly. And then that's it for me. Ray, what are you working on right now? Uh, the next newsletter is going to be uh, around the idea of the menopause uh, and uh, that, that relating to uh, the failure of energy with aging and what things are involved in the failure of energy, especially as it shows up 
during the menopause. And Georgie, any final words? Well, uh, one last question. It was actually asked by the people in the list. I saw it. Uh, whether Ray thinks there's any value to self-discipline and forming any sort of like useful habits, or do you think a person's best life would be lived spontaneously slash intuitively? Uh, definitely spontaneity. Uh, you deaden your own energy if you force yourself to work. Okay. So do you think there's any any circumstance in life where basically one needs to sort of exercise their will feeling that they don't like this, but they kind of have to do it? Or do you think it will be always detrimental? Uh, oh, yeah. Sometimes you have to do, do something until you can uh, survive without doing it. So if, it's a, if it has a survival benefit, then it's worth self-disciplining about it, but anything beyond that is self-torture. Uh, yeah, yeah, you should uh, only do uh, unpleasant things if you're really forced to do them. Amazing. Ray, thank you so much. George Dinkov, thank you. Thank you so much to our audience. These are always extremely fun to do. And thanks, thank, uh, Ray, thank you for donating two hours of your time here. Sincerely appreciate it. Stay on the line and everybody have an amazing weekend and we'll talk to you guys soon. And thank you for all the support of this show. Thank you guys so much. Have a safe weekend. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, everyone.